Before we get to today's career journey, I'd like to thank Surfshark VPN for sponsoring this episode. Surfshark VPN is essential for any student who works remotely as much as I do. If you don't want prying eyes while you're enjoying a horchata almond milk frappuccino at your local Starbucks, then get Surfshark VPN today. You'll be able to surf social media and stream your favorite content stress-free knowing Surfshark has you and your data covered. The average person spends six to eight hours online daily, so privacy is really important. Surfshark VPN encrypts all internet traffic to and from your computer and provides a level of privacy all students and parents desire. Surfshark VPN also blocks pesky ads, I hate those, trackers, malware, and shady people from getting your private data. And the best part about Surfshark is they allow me to access my streaming content anywhere in the world. I can enjoy The Tick in Tunisia, Monk in Malaysia, and The Big Bang Theory in Bangkok. Just for our listeners, you can try Surfshark VPN today with 83% off and a free month. Just use promo code LEARNFROMOTHERS to sign up. Keep yourself safe with Surfshark today. This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest today, Eric Bolin. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Well, before we find out what you're doing today, could you tell me, what did you want to be when you grew up? My goal at first was I wanted to be a professor and uh, teach economics originally. Oh, okay. Well, that what age was that that you were having those aspirations? Okay, well, that was what I figured out when I was in college. Uh, I didn't really know when I went to school. I switched majors and stuff so many times. So thought I was going to do one computer science originally, and then I switched into business and then into political science and then finally into economics. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'll be a professor. <laughs> right. Yeah. How long did that uh, educational journey take until you figured out what you wanted to do? It took me until I was a junior in college, my third year, uh, to finally get into the major that I settled on, uh, which I got stuck taking an extra year of school in order to, to finish that out. Right. Yeah. And that's something I think a lot of students struggle with is should I change the major now or should I go ahead and graduate and hope it all works out? So it sounds like you were on more on the path of, you know, let's explore and try to figure it out now, right? Yeah, I think it's important to get a degree in something that is useful, first of all. And second of all, you like or else, you know, I know so many people now in my mid-30s that are doing things totally unrelated to what they went to school for. And, uh, you know, I just wonder if it was even worth their <laughs> worth their time at that point to, to go. So make sure, you know, it's important to like what you're studying. Yeah. So continue us on your path of education. Where did you go? Uh, what degree did you get? I know in our pre-call you mentioned you know, pursuing an MBA. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I, I did my undergrad at UMass, and I got my degree in economics with a minor in political science. And then I'm like, all right, now what? Uh, so I figured I, I'd go get my PhD. So I got enrolled into a PhD program in economics, and uh, I was in that for about two years. And then I actually ended up dropping out of, out of that, and I got into business and real estate. Uh, but then later, because I was in the Army National Guard, they paid for my, my education. I had more credits, and uh, I went and got my MBA because uh, they paid for it, but it still took two years to do, and, and honestly, it, I've never used it at all. So I, I guess I have a degree. I don't even tell people about it. I, you're probably the first person I've told about it in like <laughs> two or three years. 
Now, you graduate with an MBA, and you have your undergrad, and you're planning to be an economic professor. Is that correct? Uh, so when I was in the PhD program, I would, that was my goal, but uh, I, I left that program at that point. The MBA came after. Okay. So where did you find yourself, degrees in hand, you know, knocking on doors for a job? What was your first step out of college? Uh, so I got into real estate uh, while I was still in uh, the PhD program. And I started, uh, somehow I was able to buy a three-family property. And I realized that I had a, I liked it and I had a passion for it. And so I wanted to pursue that. And uh, I didn't want to wait until my degree was over. So I just uh, I dropped out and got into it. You know, it was interesting. I was actually really ashamed of that at the time. I felt like a failure that I left the program mm. and got into business for myself. I didn't even, I didn't tell anybody for like a solid year that I wasn't even in the program anymore. It's just kind of weird thinking back about it. Because my life would be dramatically different if I had actually finished finished the program and went and actually became a teacher. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting that you're ashamed of it, obviously, because, hey, I quit school to pursue this kind of, at the time, maybe considered a crazy idea. But I bet looking back on it and seeing where you are today, it's almost a badge of honor. Like, hey, yeah, I did. I did get out of that program and pursued something I was really passionate about. Do you see it that way? Well, absolutely. Because to me, at the time, in my head, it was, I have a goal and the degree was no longer moving me toward my, my goal. It was taking me further away from it. And so when I really looked at it, I'm like, getting this isn't isn't going to help me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to actually cause me to wait years to pursue what I want to pursue. And so I just kind of had to do that analysis in my head and decided it wasn't worth pursuing anymore. And, uh, you know, so... I was ashamed because everybody in you know my family and all my friends they look up to it as like a big badge of honor that you're going to get your PhD you're going to be called doctor and uh, it becomes a lot of pressure to actually do that. Uh, even, they're not trying to pressure you, but you feel that pressure. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you leave it, you feel like you've you've kind of failed all of them. Ultimately, I'm far more successful now than I ever would have been as a as a as a professor, uh, as far as like you know business and wealth and all that, all those kind of measures of success, but you know, it, at the time, I was very not. I wasn't always confident about that <laughs> about that decision. Right. Yeah. For sure. So you've alluded to it. So what is it that you wanted to do? And tell us what do you do today? Yeah. So I uh, once I discovered real estate, then I decided I wanted to buy more real estate, and I was going to be a real estate investor. And so ultimately, I I buy properties that are not in good condition, and then I I make them nice and I rent them out you know, two, three, four, five family. We've even done apartment complexes. And, uh, you know, I bring a lot of value in that to the communities that I'm working in. A lot of times these buildings have been vacant or run down for years. Uh, even the local towns and police even recognize the, you know, how the neighborhoods change after you work on these properties. So there's a lot of value to that. So that's what I'm doing right now uh, versus, I guess, originally, originally, I wanted to be a uh, programmer. I was going to, that's gonna, that was my first major computer science uh, when I was in high school, that's what I thought that was what I was, I was going to do. So now, what made you want to rehab that, what you say, a three-bedroom yes. house? or it's a three-family. three-family house. Like, uh, Take us from that moment of deciding, hey, I'm going to rehab this house, and how you built that into your business. Yeah, so, well, originally I wanted to buy a home. I was trying to buy a single-family home. I was uh, recently married at the time, and I guess, uh, you know, you're supposed to buy a house after you get married, and not that you really need to, but that's just kind of like what society tells you you need to do. I couldn't afford a home. Neither of us could. We were students uh, with part-time jobs, but somehow I was able to qualify for a three-family because of the way loans uh, qualify you. And so that's why we got into it. 
And the intention was to sell it eventually. This was back during the recession, like the really bad recession, you know, 2008, 2009 timeframe. So the plan was to sell it after a few years and and go be normal people and buy a single family home. And uh, none of that ever happened. Uh, So why we rehabbed it? Well, it was livable, but it was like not great condition. It was just like all like you could live in it and that's it. And so we thought if I uh, improve it, put new floors, new paint, new counters and all that stuff, we thought maybe we could get better tenants or have those tenants pay more and I could earn more money to support us. So that's how that got started. Yeah. And at what point did you realize you could make this a sustainable business and kind of went after it from that perspective versus a hey, we need a place to live and rehab this place. Hopefully I can make some money. It's a big difference between kind of a hobby rehab and mm-hmm. a full-on business. When did you make that realization and how did you transition into kind of the business mindset? Yeah, so I just started reading everything that you could read. I must have read 50 real estate books. Uh, I read everything that was published. And I, I re- went through a really strong uh, education phase and I realized a lot of people run businesses uh, related to real estate. And there's so many different ways to do it. I mean, there's hundreds or maybe even thousands of different ways to run your business. And I'm just like, I can turn this into something that's scalable and growable. In, in, like I can turn it into something other than just like a hobby, I guess. Right, right. Okay. So you continued your education more or less, not necessarily in a university setting, but on your own terms, it sounds like. And did you just start buying and selling and building up your portfolio of properties? Yeah. So education, there's there's very little education that I've ever found um, in these kind of real core entrepreneurial type uh, businesses. There's a lot of there's a lot of information on the internet and a lot of information in books, but there's very little in the you know the university setting, which is more geared toward getting a job. Versus. And so that education has to happen on your own. Uh, a lot of the times, so I think there are entrepreneur programs and stuff getting more popular now. But, uh, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, I I wasn't aware of them. And uh, so, yeah, I was just educating and I, and I still to this day, I still read a lot and I still uh, educate myself through connecting with people person to person and learning from them and learning from my network. Uh, and then I got into it. Um, took me about two years to get to my second property. So uh, I actually deployed I, I was in the army as well i deployed to uh, afghanistan in 2010 and uh while i was in the phd program i took a pause and uh i was able to save up some money and do a lot of my reading then and then when i came back i decided uh now's the right time i'm going to i'm going to just jump in and buy my next property now it just seemed like the timing worked out right right okay yeah and so how long have you been managing or how long have you been managing this real estate investment business now? Uh, so that's been ongoing since, uh, well, my first one was in 2009. And so that's when I count the beginning of, of business. And uh, that's been ten over 10 years now. We just finished a uh, 10-year, I guess 10-year anniversary would have been in November. So that was 10 years ago. And then I started branching out about three years ago because I'm still a, I'm still a teacher at heart like I wanted to be a teacher once I just like when I wanted to be a professor so I started doing education related to real estate and I uh, built built up another business in the online space and built an online business related to the knowledge of real estate to help other people like me 10 years ago learn about real estate. Yeah, if you would tell us about that cuz I know you mentioned that's about 50/50 of your work life today. Tell us about that business, how it helps others learn to invest in real estate, and then also kind of like your typical work week. Yeah, so that business just is really a lot of it is not not about the fundamentals. I, ha- I talk about the fundamentals of real estate, but I realized 
that the biggest obstacles to being in business is actually in your own head and believing that you're capable of it. And a lot of people in your life in, that I, at least in my life, and I've seen it in other people's lives, is that there's often family and friends saying, you can't really do that. You should just go get a regular job. And I think that's great if you want to, but I don't think we should like pigeonhole the way that we think about things to be only, that's the only option. Right. And so it's just expanding your mindset to be that this is an option and I can do it. And it doesn't matter if like I, I bought my first property at uh, 24 years old. It doesn't matter. Like, and I know people who own, you know, 10 or 12 units at like 20, 22 years old. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It really doesn't, doesn't matter what your educational background is. It doesn't matter anything. It, it just matters if you have the drive and, and then the drive to learn what you need to do to get out there and do it. And I talk a lot about the mindset of, of kind of entrepreneurial mindset and creating, creating wealth in a more passive form where you don't have to like say, I work one hour, I get paid X amount of dollars. Uh, it's more like how do I leverage my time and make every hour I work pay me more and more as I go forward. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, so what is your average week like? I mean, it sounds like you're probably not only managing properties, but then also managing your course load. Is that right? Yeah, so my my work week is actually not as crazy as you might think that it is <laughs> uh, because I discovered that working less makes me more productive in the hours that I do work. Okay. So I try, I try to – I put about four hours a day worth of real serious effort into what I'm doing, and then any of the rest of the time might be phone calls or just – going for walks. I do a lot of thinking. It's really important to, in, in the business world, to think about your, your future and just kind of like en- envision where you want to be and where you're going to allow those opportunities to come to you. It, um, it's like, here, I, I'll give you, I'll give you an example if I have a moment for a quick story. I call it my, sure. uh, I call it my $25,000 day off. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I was, I used to work seven days a week, like 10, 12 hours a day when I was first starting my business. And uh, I was just burnt out after a few weeks not having any any time off. And I took a day off. I was really upset about it because I had to pay somebody to do what I was going to do that day uh, on these projects and stuff. And that cost a you know a couple hundred dollars to pay somebody for that for the day. And uh, so I was just sitting around on my couch, just trying to kind of relax and recover. And I was doing what I enjoy doing, which is looking at old buildings online. So I was just looking at old stuff, and and I found a really cool, interesting property nearby. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just go for go. For, drive over and check it out just for fun because I'm not doing anything today. So I'm go look at this old place just for fun. And then I decide, oh, I got nothing else to do. Why don't I put an offer on it just for fun? <laughs> right. And then because I'm bored. And so I did that. And, you know, I enjoy doing that. I wasn't working like that's the fun part of the business. The hard part that I don't like is like actually going into the project and doing the work. And uh, yes, yeah, so I ended up winning and I bought it. And based on the appraisal, i it appraised out $25,000 higher, which it was only a $90,000 property. So I made like 20, 30% increase on my money, like the hour that I bought it. And I'm like, wow, I made that all because I took a day off. And so if, if you're always so busy from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, there's a lot of opportunities in life in front of you, but you're not aware of them and you can't take advantage of them because you're just not mentally in the right place. You have to create the space in your life to be able to take advantage of, of good opportunities. Yeah, that's really wise advice, you know, slow down, widen down a little bit and you're able to see things a little bit better and a little bit clearer. So that's a really cool point. Yeah. yeah. Now, if, you can, if only every day off would be like that, right? <laughs> well, it's kind of like when most people get good ideas when they're taking a shower or something, because that's like the only time of the day most people are doing nothing. 
Right. And that's why those ideas, like your brain's processing this stuff, but it hits you and you're, you're just like, take a break. And so I, I put a lot of that time into my schedule. But then when I do work, it's, it's generally very productive. I get a lot done and it's very valuable. Like the amount of value in those hours of work is, is very high as opposed to just being busy. Right. Very productive time you put into it when you are there. So yeah, that's a key to being efficient, productive like that. Is, it sounds like you've figured out a good balance. And you have to be really self-driven, don't you, for the type of work you do? Well, absolutely, because a lot of my work is done at home. So it, it's easy to get distracted in your own house. Right. <laughs> and uh, so you, you do have to manage yourself. And I do go through periods. This is not like I didn't just figure this out all one day. I've been doing this for 10 years. So it's like I, I've learned it. Like I had that $25,000 day off. And then I had another like other examples where this happened or that happened. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should like slow things down and, and focus a little bit more. And so uh, I do a lot less in a real estate uh, space, like as far as management, that's been outsourced. I realized that was my busy stuff, but not my productive stuff. And now I'm just focused on, you know, I try to do things that everything I can, I do, I try to be able to leverage it in multiple ways. Like if I create a video or write an article related to real estate, it can impact a lot of people perpetually rather than, you know, like what doing one thing once and then that's it. You have to like do it over and over again. Right. Yep. Yep, I can totally see that. Well, cool. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. And if you're an educator or a student, you can search for podcasts by Career Cluster. So, Eric, we learned what you wanted to be when you grew up and what you do today. So looking back on your career, which is a very interesting one, what would you do differently? What would I do differently? That's a really tough question. I, <laughs> What would I do differently? I would probably... I don't know. I'm a, I'm a believer that all of the mistakes that I make, and there's a lot of, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made at least, at least $100,000 or more worth of mistakes in my business. And I really feel like all of them build, like everything that I've learned leads me to where I am now. So I, I don't have any regrets with anything I've done in my education or my business. Uh, I, I just feel like I couldn't get to the next step until I had made the prior mistakes. And so I'm not sure that I would, I would actually change anything significant would you quit your phd program sooner no i I don't think so because i had to be in that program to realize how much i didn't want to be in it anymore right and (laughs) yeah and so even i guess yeah if i had discovered real estate earlier but i mean it all it all lined like because of the phd i met my wife and because i met her we bought a house together right so like everything just kind of builds upon the next thing. And so, you know, even changing all my majors, I had to go into computer science to realize that I really didn't like it and that I had to switch. And, you know, I, then I went into um, political science and realized there's no future in political science. So I had to get out of that and I got into business. And then because I got into business, they made me take economics classes to get into the business program. That's when I'm like, ah, right, let's do, let's do economics instead. So like every single one of them built on the last thing. So like, I can't think of anything that I would be like, if I didn't do that, my life would be 10 times better now. I can't, th- I can't think of anything like that. Well, that's a great place to be, looking back on your career. So that's awesome. It means it all kind of worked out for the best. Well, I made so. tons of mistakes, so it has nothing to do with not. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could sit here for five hours and tell you mistakes that I've made, uh, but I wouldn't take them back. Right. Exactly. Because you were able to learn from them and grow and be better, right? Yeah, because one one of the big things that I, I my biggest mistake I would say maybe this is a better answer is is I've lost focus on my core business many times and I try opening a new business something re- related to real estate but not necessarily do a real estate investing and I discovered every single time I do that 
I don't make as much money and I spend a lot of, and I waste a lot of time. And it mm. reminds me I got to get focused back on what I'm good at. So, but I wouldn't know the, that lesson if I didn't do those things. So I wouldn't take the, like that time back and I wouldn't like not have done those things. But I would say that's probably my biggest lesson learned is, you know, stay focused on what one thing that you're passionate about and you like and try not to get too distracted on, you know, all the different shiny objects to chase after. Right. No, that's good advice. Well, now let's talk to the student who would like to do what you do. Let's say they'd like to be a real estate professional. What advice would you give them? Yeah, so the first thing you need to do to be a real estate in the real estate field is network. It, mm. In this business, and I guess in every business, really, it's based on your relationships and, and getting to know the right people. If you know the right people, everything falls into place. You know, I know 19-year-olds in this business, and they just, like, they come out with so much drive and passion that you can't help but listen to it. You're like, man, I wish, I wish I had that drive when I was 19 years old. And so you actually like, yeah, they don't really know what they're doing yet, but they're doing all the right things. And it's just a matter of time until they, they get some, their, their business to grow. So get out, meet people, learn from them and, uh, make your decision. And the other thing too, is you just got to take action. You just got to be like, this is what I'm doing and then go do it. And sometimes that means ignoring people around you who are kind of naysayers and um, just making your own decisions. Yeah, that's really great advice. Like, just go do something. It might not be perfect. You're going to make mistakes, to your point. But just go ahead and start. Like, sometimes fear of failure will stop people from starting that journey. That's probably the number one thing that stops people in the real estate field. I see people who like been in their careers for 30 years and make tons and tons of money and are afraid to spend on a small little property because they're afraid, they're just afraid to lose, even though they could lose all of that money because they have so much, they don't care, but they're too scared to even do it just because they're afraid to lose. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, are there current projects you're working on that you would like to share? Could you go into your training classes, your real estate programs a little bit more? Yeah. So my program, my, my website is idealrei.com and Anybody who's interested in real estate profession uh, can go there and they can sign up for my my uh, newsletter or whatever. Big thing that I'm working on right now is live trainings. So our next one is in uh, is in the Boston area in March, and uh, that that's called 10xmyportfolio.com, and uh, that's where if anybody who's who's interested in in flying to Boston and and really learning for two days the ins and outs and doing some hands-on stuff, um, that that's a good place to go. And uh, build build your network as well. So, do you have online as well as those types of live in person training sessions? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, I do have an online course that I open enrollment for from time to time. It's not. Uh, it's not open enrollment all the time. But anybody who's on the newsletter can uh, will be aware of that when when I do open it up. And that's just uh, basically like a an eight or nine week training program for people who want to know the fundamentals of real estate and who are want to either are ready to start making moves in real estate or are setting themselves up and need to kind of understand what they're going to be doing in like a year or whatever to set their lives up now in order to get into that position. So those both kind of people uh, do take that program. Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate your time today. What's the best way students can learn more about you and your business? I know you mentioned your website. What are some other avenues? Yeah, I'm really open about things on my on my website. So if they go to idealrei.com, I do have an about page. And that's super detailed. talks about my goals, what I'm trying to do this year, 
you know, it talks about what I'm trying to accomplish, books that I'm writing, what I'm like. It talks. I'm very, very open about what I'm doing, and I put a lot of it on about page and on my blog. And I write in my email newsletter that I send out every week or two. I, I write a lot of personal things in there, and so and people can just reply directly to that. They, it goes straight to my inbox when they reply to any of those emails to get in touch with me directly. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for sharing your career journey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.